Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. I don't care about colonialism or anything about that, Gavin. All I know is if you keep bringing this up, I'm going to send you back where I found you, unemployed in Greenland. Ass. The following podcast contains... We're going to talk today about profanity. What I've found in my walk with the Lord is that the spirit of profanity is running rampant throughout the world. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you didn't give your fealty to the tangerine messiah, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, August 23rd, 2018, Everybody Comes and Comes Again edition of the show where we discuss the worshippers of the bronzed pig. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Secondhand Messiah for all your budget messianic needs. Are you a prophet on a payment plan who suddenly experienced an epiphany and looking to get your cult off the ground? Then check out Secondhand Messiah. We've got robes, print-to-order sandwich board signs, flashy shoots and shoes, or if you're looking to upscale, lightly used luxury vehicles of all makes and models. Secondhand Messiah also offers a selection of temples, churches, mosques, and other houses of worship waiting to be filled with your believers. Already have a congregation and looking for somewhere to wait out the end times? Ask about our Guyanese jungle compound, only used once. No credit, no worries, because Secondhand Messiah knows all you really need to get a religion going is just a little bit of faith. They won't even watch. They won't even. They won't even even consider. They're brainwashed. Amazing. Yeah. I think they're brain dead. They're really. blind, they're I, blind I deaf, they're and very dead. dumb. Blind, deaf, and very dumb. Don't forget, I don't know if you haven't watched the show, I happen to be Jewish by birth, and 75% of all Jews vote Democrat, and they don't like Trump, and this is the greatest president for Jews and for Israel in the history of the world, not just America. Trump's the best president for Israel in the history of the world, and the Jewish people love him like he is the king of Israel. They love him like he is the second coming of God. And in America, American Jews don't like them. They, they don't even know what they're doing or saying anymore. It makes no sense. In the Southern Baptist churches I grew up in, there were a few sacrosanct articles of faith that framed our religious experience. The first, of course, was that Jesus was the Son of God sent to earth to redeem our sins. The second was that there would be a second coming of Jesus when he returned to gather all the faithful and usher into them to the kingdom of heaven. And third, no one was allowed to park in Pastor Bob's space, not even on Thursday Bible study led by Deacon Earl. Yes, Natasha, I'm talking about you. I know you're listening. This second rule was always the one that caused discussion amongst the congregation. Not as to it happening, because again, article of faith, so you know it's gonna happen. It was always about when it was gonna happen. And now, as a general rule, there were two factions. There were those who read their Bible, specifically Matthew 24, verse 36, quote, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but only my Father, unquote. That's in the King James Version, or as the Southern Baptists know it, the, uh... That's the official version. 
The other faction preferred the Book of Revelation stance on the end times and parsed through it for clues which could be compared to shit going down in the world today to see if you know. Breaking news! The second coming of Jesus is here! Now growing up, my parents were always firmly in the Matthew camp. Jesus was coming, but not today. In fact, keep your calendar open because Christ is sort of a pop-in sort of guy. But one day, you're going to open up your front door and then right there... Oh, God! Over the years, however, they've increasingly moved towards the Revelation camp. And while they both still, you know, aver that no one can know exactly the day, looking around at how things are and what's going on in the world, they're pretty sure it will be any minute now. I can only suspect this is why they both spend so much time on Facebook so they don't miss the RSVP to Christ invite. Christ wants to know if you can attend the rapture. Yes, no, or maybe. Now, the reason I'm talking about the end times and the second coming, which I got to tell you, once you're over 40, guys, takes longer and longer. You know what I'm talking about, fellas? <laughs> no, seriously, the reason I'm talking about uh, this week is because we've reached the point in our ongoing insanity where Trump has decided he's God. I mean, 10 out of 10 if you're a Ghostbuster. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! But minus several thousand if you're the president of the United States. Now look, I could play the clip where Trump calls himself the chosen one and reasonable people would point out that Trump is clearly not calling himself the chosen one in reference to a religion, even if he did turn and stare upward with his arms spread slightly apart to directly invoke religious imagery while he said it. He was clearly referring to himself as the duly elected president of the United States invested constitutionally with the authority to set trade policies with other nations. And that, of course, would make sense if he had not this morning tweeted verbatim the text version of the drop I opened the show with, referring to him as the second coming of God and the king of Israel, which, of course, he did do just a short time prior to calling himself the chosen one. Now, clearly, Donald J. Trump is... He's not the Messiah! He's a very naughty boy! And as little as I think of his sanity and as much as I think of his levels of narcissism, even he really doesn't think himself as a religious figure. This is because Trump is not steeped in any kind of religion, and the minimal religious indoctrination he's had in his life is the tepid, middle-of-the-road Protestantism that rich people in the Northeast grow up with. You know, the kind of services you attend on Easter and Christmas, weddings and funerals, and forget about the rest of the time. At no point in time in his life has Donald ever experienced a messianic revelation that did not involve him fucking a porn. Star. Trump is a secular man of venal pleasures, and the only thought he's given to the afterlife is how many buildings will bear his name. So no, Donald does not think of himself as a god. But, but, he is a greedy, greedy little soul, an inveterate con man, and as every con man knows, there's good money to be made in God. There's a sucker born every minute, we're gonna take him for all he got. He watched the Swaggerts and Jim Baker of the 80s and realized there's private jet money in it, but he knew he could never tap that market. Then he went into politics and realized there was a way, and he took it, which is why he's a Republican. It isn't ideology or his inherent racism, although both of those things make it a much easier fit. 
it certainly isn't a religious calling. It's entirely about a market he could exploit in a new and lucrative way. He's a low-rent Jim Jones, but you know what? At least Jim Jones had the courage of his convictions and he drank his flavor aid. Donald Trump is just a man we don't have the courage to convict. But what has confused and perplexed outsiders, however, is not why Trump would court aging white evangelicals, but why they would accept him. There are reams of words written asking why the decent God-fearing folk would accept and embrace support to the point of self-harm, a man so totally opposite everything they allegedly believe. You know, H.L. Mencken once said that no one ever went broke underestimating the taste of the American public. Well, here, no one ever went broke underestimating the stupidity of an evangelical Christian either. If you are looking for logical consistency in the minds of evangelicals, it's like, you know, we're hoping for a unicorn and we get a goat. Unless you know the one thing you can only know if you grew up in the faith, which I did. And I'm going to happily explain to you now. It's all really very simple when you learn about it. Everything will kind of make sense. Inasmuch as things that I say ever do, it all goes back to the second coming. Where again, not only will Jesus come back to gather up all the faithful and take them into the kingdom of heaven to live in bliss and eternity, but perhaps more importantly, when Jesus comes back, he will be here to... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. On all the heretics, blasphemers, infidels, apostates, democrats, drunks, rock and rollers, adulteresses, potheads, homosexuals, lesbians. Don't you think that's a little redundant? Kinda, yeah. Masons, Shriners. I think the Shriners is probably about the clowns. Mormons, Muslims, Hindus, Jews, Buddhists, evolutionists, Catholics, Satanists, abortionists, atheists, gangs, bad cops, used car dealers. Actually, that's a good one. <laughs> Scientologists, politicians, Methodists, rappers, bikers, idolaters, pagans, Calvinists, racists, Unitarians, who honestly have done nothing to anyone to deserve this kind of hate, yuppies, Seventh-day Adventists, liars, Jehovah's Witnesses, liberals, fornicators, prosperity preachers, rich people, and the worldly lukewarm. I'm not sure exactly what that last one is, but it is definitely on the sign. Still, you can see this is quite the list, and Jesus is going to have a lot on his hands when he gets here. So many of the faithful are doing anything they can to whittle this list down before he shows up. And then once Jesus is finished up, found himself a pack of bubblegum, he and his posse will pack up and head back to heaven. And depending on which version of all this you personally believe, and trust me when I say the one you personally believe is the one that will happen, please do not kill me, I believe you. Then either the world will be immediately destroyed, or the survivors that for some reason have not accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, even after all that smiting, will spend a thousand years suffering under the heel of the Antichrist when Jesus will come back for a third time... This time it's personal. Kick unholy ass, banish the beast, and rule forevermore on heaven on earth. Either way, unless you're in that group going up with Jesus on the first trip, it's not going to be that hot. Evangelicals believe this the same way that you or I might believe that Taylor Swift was done wrong by Scooter Braun and she has every goddamn right to those masters. And you know what? She should record them again. You don't do that to an artist. Where did that come from? They also believe that this end of the world is absolutely the best 
fucking thing that could ever happen to them. And anything that moves the world along to it, it's an inevitable and richly deserved end, is fundamentally, no pun intended, a good thing. Ergo, all the things about Donald Trump that scares the shit out of people are nothing more than God's hand in furtherance of the divine plan, and they can prove it to you, pod friends. 1 Thessalonians 14 through 17, quote, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together and with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall ever be with the Lord, unquote. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How about one more? One Corinthians. One Corinthians, which the orange one himself has referenced. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-two. Quote, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed, unquote. What more proof do you need, O ye of little faith? Fine. You want to talk about Israel? Trump could give a flying fuck about Israel. And as a rule, evangelicals believe that Jews are doomed to the lake of fire. Not only for, you know, the whole killing Jesus thing. Just like, whoa, dude, you can't say that. And I'm like, watch me. I just did. And, but, you know, also the, the Bible is pretty clear on this Israel thing. We need the Jews in Israel in order to get this whole Armageddon thing started, people. Read your scripture. It is right in there in plain text. Boy, it doesn't say that at all, does it? <laughs> it does, in fact, not say that anywhere in the Bible. The whole idea came from some whack fucking England in the 19th century and was popularized in the 1970s by a book written by a guy named Hal Lindsey. No, no, not Lindsay, Lin not Linden. These are two totally different people. As far as I know, Barney Miller is not a millennialist. From an article in Humanities Magazine by Aaron Smith, quote, Long before the left-behind books crowded the New York Times bestseller lists, Hal Lindsey and C.C. Carlson's The Late Great Planet Earth introduced millions of readers worldwide to the end times prophecy. An accessible, engaging introduction to the coming apocalypse, The Late Great Planet Earth was the best-selling nonfiction book of the 1970s. Ten million copies were in circulation by the end of the decade. It sold more than 28 million copies by 1990, an estimated 35 million by 1999, and was translated into more than 50 languages. A 1977 movie version narrated by Orson, Russell ran in the th by Orson Welles ran in the theaters nationwide and was later broadcast on HBO. Lindsay was the most widely read interpreter of bib biblical prophecy in history, said one critic. Another claimed that only the Bible itself had outsold the late great planet Earth. Lindsay's book, which I'm going to be honest, was on my parents' shelf. Hell, it probably is on my parents' shelf. 
I've never read a fucking page of it, but it's widely regarded by people who actually know things as a hodgepodge of pseudo-historical inaccuracy, theological claptrap, and hysterical wish-fulfillment of the worst kind marketed to those with a, only a cursory understanding of the Bible, primary fun, primarily funneled through hucksters and con artists whose only intention is bilking them of their money in order to purchase a Learjet. You know, we know them as evangelical Christians. So naturally... Like we said, it sold millions of pop copies and spawned a very, very, very bad movie. Man is faced by unprecedented perils, threatened to send him crashing into extinction. Now, from Hal Lindsey's incredible best-selling book comes the film which explores the terrifying prophecies of the revelations. Is our planet truly in mortal peril? The late great planet Earth, featuring Orson Welles. The late great planet Earth from Hal Lindsey's incredible best-selling book starts Friday at your theater. Look for this ad. Rated PG from Pacific International. In 40 years, American fundamentalists went from no one knows when Jesus is coming back, hope it's soon, to Jesus is coming back real soon, better make up the guest bedroom and make sure the planet is nice and fucked up when he gets here. My parents, who I had assumed as a child were rational people, have made the same transition. When you understand this piece of information, the rest of the puzzle starts quickly falling into place. To the real Christians, the genuine believers, the unquestioning mass of men and women forming the hard nut of evangelical Christianity, the work being done by Donald Trump is in their name, in their name, is good work, the best kind of work, the literal will of God, who is using a flawed and ungodly man to do his unknowable bidding, all in the furtherance of his plan to rapture believers and punish the non-believers. And sometimes that can come across as a bit harsh. But only to, you know, us people who aren't believers. You see, Trump is like Cyrus the Great, the Persian king who kicked Babylonian ass and allowed the Jews to rebuild Israel in the 6th century BCE. This is from a Vox article, quote, the comparison comes up frequently in the evangelical world. Many evangelical speakers and media outlets compare Trump to Cyrus, a historical Persian king who in the 6th century BCE conquered Babylon and into the Babylon captivity, a period during which the Israelites had been forcibly resettled in exile. This allowed Jews to return to the temple in Jerusalem. Cyrus is referenced most prominently in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, in which he appears as a figure of deliverance, unquote. Even B.B. fucking Netanyahu referred to Donald Trump as Cyrus in a really sycophantic ass-kissing speech. Thing is, it's all a fucking scam, and even the sycophantic preachers and human centipeding up Trump's ass know it is. They pull the reference out of their asses to explain why such a piece of shit immoral fuckstain like Trump is good for their congregations. Quote, the Cyrus narrative allows evangelicals to thread a difficult rhetorical needle. It allows them to see Trump as their candidate, a candidate who will affect the God's will that America truly become a Christian nation without requiring Trump himself to manifest any Christian virtues. He is, like Cyrus, anointed by God and thus has divine legitimacy. Trump's spiritual advisors, including evangelical figures like Robert Jeffress and Paula White, have repeatedly hammered this point. But he has no obligation to live out Christian principles in his personal life, unquote. And Trump knows this and does everything in his power to further the narrative. As Trump biographer Tim O'Brien puts it in Bloomberg, quote, So when Trump gazes into the sky at the White House and says that he's the chosen one, he's not the type who thinks he can actually walk on water. He's the type that's hoping that the droves of evangelical voters might keep falling for his shtick, unquote. 
moving the Jerusalem to, in, to the embassy to Jerusalem, his ironically anti-Semitic rhetoric about American Jews not being loyal to Israel, Jared's fake Middle East peace plan, the chosen one bullshit is a total scam to keep evangelicals in lockstep behind them because they are the only thing propping up his power base in the GOP and in the entire fucking country. I mean, fucking Nazis love the guy, but they don't represent a reliable voting block, but evangelicals do. And let me tell you, pod friends, they are fucking scared. Scared they are losing their cultural hegemony, their cultural relevance. They see young people leaving the church in droves, and even the quiverful fuckers can't pump out enough babies to fill them pews up. And if the pews are empty, the pastors are going to have to get real jobs if they want to keep making payments on the escalades. The world is moving too fast for them to keep up. They are culturally unsuited to modernity because they believe in shit proven wrong centuries ago. They were only able to exist for as long as they did because they lived in the acid of nowhere and their conmen pastors could cook up whatever bullshit kept filling the offering plates on Sundays. And this is the reason evangelicals all vote for the worst possible candidates. Continue to support politicians who are furthering the climate disaster even they can see is happening or who block even the most minimal of gun rights legislations, who turn a blind eye towards autocrats and human rights violations, who foment racial strife and elevate bigotry because they see all of it as a good fucking thing. This is all leading to a steadily and irrevocably to the end of days, the return of Jesus and the punishment of the wicked. That's you and me, pod friends. Trust me, it includes you if you're listening to me. You needn't worry about climate change when you and your bros are going to be kicking it in halves with the (laughs) J-Dog. You know what's funny? Not funny, haha, but funny like, oh shit, that's, that's funny. I'm about to die. The chances are these motherfuckers are right. I mean, not about Jesus coming back. That that dude is not fucking showing up back in these parts. He knows when he's not wanted. The last time he popped in, telling folks that maybe it'd be better if we were kind to one another and took care of the weak and generally stopped being such pricks to one another, we nailed dude to some four-by-fours and left him there to die. Then, once he was dead, we took all the words about kindness and generosity and a few short years turned them into a religion based on kindness and generosity to us, the people who believed in that, and then, for everybody else... You know. So fuck everybody else. Exactly. Now, you know what? I think Yeshua Ben Yosef has moved on to places where people aren't such fucking hypocritical dickbags. Now, what the hypocritical dickbags are right about is that these are the end times. I mean, not the end of the planet, because his brother George teaches us... The planet... The planet isn't going anywhere. We are... We're going away. Pack your shit, folks. We're going away. And in no small part, because of the past 50 years when we could have done something to slow or stop the encroaching apocalypse of our own making, people like evangelicals kept electing con artists and liars who were really in it to line their pockets with oil money and fool the credulous dupes into believing they gave a shit about abortion or gay rights or any other social issues so important to evangelicals. And now, when the country is changing and they are doing the same thing by stoking racial fears to keep white simpletons pulling the fucking levers against their own best interests while the planet slowly burns. It's a perfect fucking scam, and it will keep on working because the people being scammed want to be scammed. They need to be scammed, because to do otherwise means everything they've been taught, everything they believe their entire lives is wrong, and there will not be a golden Cadillac like Pastor Bob drives, taking them to heaven with Jesus at the wheel, and the world they leave to their children is actually going to be a hell on earth of the Bible, and it's their fault. So, you know, don't hold your breath waiting for that to change. 
Meanwhile, Donald Trump will continue to be Jim Jones handing out cups of flavor aid, and we all get to take a sip. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. I admit I lost my faith. I was going to do a show. I wasn't going to do a show this week. I was tired. Last week was a huge mega show, and I kind of thought maybe I'd blow it off and do a rerun and get drunk here in the studio by myself. But the Lord worked in mysterious ways and gave me the culmination of a prophecy I'd long held that eventually, eventually, Trump would come out and say that he was a god. Not the god, just, you know, a god. And look, that's kind of what he was doing, even though he doesn't actually believe it himself. Speaking of belief, if you believe in me, brothers and sisters, rate and review this show wherever you pray to get your pods so that others may join our little congregation. You too can receive my divine inspiration by following me on the Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and all of my weekly sermons are right on the SoundCloud at the show name and at whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, Dave Archmander, right Bledsoe, producer Apostle Gavin and all the fictional doctors on this show. We want to say if your name is on the guest list, huh, no one can take you higher. They all says that Jesus' great balls will keep you out of the fire. We will see you next week, brothers and sisters. Amen. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcast.